You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox from Pro Football Focus. All this month on the podcast, we've been getting you ready for the 2018 NFL Draft. It's almost here, and we're really digging deep on this episode. I'll be joined by my friend Emery Hunt from footballgameplan.com. He is the expert on small school prospects, and so we're going to dive into some of these FCS and even Division II prospects that we've heard so far the Bears have brought in for pre-draft visits or working them out at their pro days or meeting them with them at the NFL Combine. Emery knows all these prospects that you've never heard of, but these are prospects you need to know about because the Bears, they have this history of drafting small school guys. They took three in the last draft, and they've already started looking at some prospects that would fill pretty big positions of need. So Emery is going to educate us on these small school prospects we need to keep an eye on. But before we bring on Emery, I real quick just want to talk briefly about the Bears 2018 regular season schedule. It was released last week on Thursday. We never really had a chance to talk about it too much. And before you hit that fast forward button, don't worry, we're not going to do any schedule predictions here. I think trying to predict the Bears win loss record in April is really a fruitless effort. I mean, we don't even know who the Bears are going to draft. So we're not going to be talking about what games I think the Bears can win and lose at this point. But I do think it's important to look at sort of the, the general layout of the schedule and sort of what it looks like on paper. Because a couple of things quick stood out to me when you look at the arrangement of these 16 games. I mean, first of all, a week five bye week never quite feels ideal. I mean, it's a bye week. It's not the end of the world, but it seems like that's the kind of thing you want more towards the middle or even later in the season to kind of give you a break from that regular season grind. But I think more importantly, the arrangement of the Bears divisional games really doesn't seem like it's doing them any favors this year. I mean, they start week one on Sunday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. That'll be a great game, a fun excitement around that one. But that's the Bears' only divisional game in the first nine weeks of the season. I mean, they get all their non-conference stuff out of the way, but then you get week 10, it's Lions, then Vikings, then Lions, and then later you do Packers and Vikings to end the season. But you're really compressing all of these divisional games, not until later in the season, and that, that can be tough. I mean, those divisional games are what's going to separate, you know, the playoffs from not the playoffs, from, you know, competing for that wild card and competing for the division. I mean, you got the Vikings that are probably going to take the division. You get them in week 11, and then you wrap up with them in week 17. I mean, maybe by week 17, they've got the division wrapped up already, and then they won't start Kirk Cousins, and the Bears might have a chance at that one. But when you go Lions, Vikings, Lions in that stretch, that's going to be the critical three-game stretch for the Bears if they're going to be competing for a potential playoff spot this season. But that, that last four-game stretch on paper right now in April really looks tough if you're a team that's going to try and push for a potential playoff appearance. It's Rams, Packers, 49ers, Vikings, your final four games of the season, four teams that are gearing up for playoff runs of their own. I mean, I know, I think playoffs is a bit of an optimistic projection for the Bears this season. I think a lot of people have them in that six to nine win range. I guess that's what feels okay right now, but it would take a lot, I think, and it would take a really great final stretch of the season 
to push the Bears over the top. And if, if they were to make the postseason, it would take a pretty Herculean effort against some of the best teams in the NFC all there at the end of the schedule. But that is so far ahead of us right now. We don't even know what this roster is going to look like. We don't know what the other rosters are going to look like. All these teams still have the NFL draft to find some more talent and try and build up these 53-man rosters to compete for as many wins as possible. So we're going to keep our focus on the NFL draft here and get to my conversation with Emery Hunt. We are joined now by my friend Emery Hunt. He is the czar of the playbook for footballgameplan.com. He's the, I believe he's the first author we've ever had on Locked On Bears. He's published three books, What Did Football Teach Me?, Football, A Love Story, and Stiff-Arming Football Myths, three must-reads for any football fan out there. You can follow him on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan, and you can find all of his videos on his YouTube channel, Football Game Plan. He covers the NFL and the NFL Draft, of course, but also all areas of football, oftentimes focusing in on some of the under-the-radar, smaller-school-type programs and players like the FCS Division two and Division three levels. The Bears obviously have a history of drafting players from this level. So, of course, we had to bring Emery on to get his analysis. Emery, how are you, my man? I'm doing fine, man. As always, I appreciate you bringing me on. Well, before we get into this year's draft, I think we need to go back to last year's draft. Of course, the Bears took guys like Adam Shaheen, Tariq Cohen, and Jordan Morgan, all Division two or FCS prospects in that five-man draft class last year. And I had talked to you on a different podcast about Tariq Cohen, and you were one of the first people all aboard that train. I believe he was one of your top running backs in last year's draft, and you predicted big things from Cohen. You were right. What was it that you saw from Tariq Cohen in college that made you so sure about his NFL production? And what do you see for him in the future? Well, with Cohen, I saw a guy that was a legit game breaker. When we're talking about game breaker you're talking about a guy that can do things that not a lot of people that's playing the game can do he has the elite ability to make a guy miss in a tight confined space Um, he also has explosive speed to really take it the distance and a lot of times you see guys either have one or the other it was one run in particular that really caught my attention I want to say it was it was either against North Carolina or Elon but they ran an inside run play Um, so he ran in between the tackles, made a move on a linebacker, made a couple of moves, and then cut to the outside and and was able to bring it down the sideline for about a good 65-yard gain. The the unique part about that was he was untouched the entire play because he stepped out of bounds. Even running inside, even making a guy miss at the second level of a linebacker and making two other guys miss uh, subsequently after that, untouched. And so when you see that, you, you notice all of those traits before you even notice that he's playing at North Carolina A&T. And so to me, those are the traits that translate. Those are the things that you look for from a guy coming from a lower level. You want to see it instantly jump out at you and you want to see it be consistent. And you also want to see him dominate. And I, I just thought that this is a guy that you put him, you drop him right to NFL uh, organization. He's going to do exactly what he did in college. And that's really a great point. You know, I think a lot of people can get caught up in the level of competition and, you know, who the player was going against. But when you really just focus on the traits, the individual things that that player is doing, 
regardless of the other players on the football field. That's what you look at to translate to the NFL, and Tariq Cohen definitely checks those boxes. And I got the impression from you last year that you think Jordan Morgan checks those boxes pretty well, too. You know, he played left tackle for, I think, four years at Kutztown. The Bears, of course, are moving him inside to guard. Last year, they they kind of stashed him on injured reserve. They, they came up with this shoulder injury at the end of the preseason that they kind of just put him on injured reserve, keep him around, and not have him take up a roster spot. And now we come to 2018. The Bears happen to have a pretty big hole at left guard. You know, do you, do you think Morgan could be a sleeper here to compete for potentially that starting job in year two? And I guess, what did you like about him coming out of Kutztown? I liked him a lot, like you mentioned, man. I see him as a starter at left guard for Chicago. The reason why is because of his athleticism and his footwork and his also pan placement, his technique. So he was a technically sound player. Um, you, like you mentioned, he was a tackle at Kutztown. And when you saw him down at the Senior Bowl, he was able to acclimate himself real well. And you saw the transition, okay, he's going to play guard inside, that's fine, but a guy that can't play tackle if need be. But the reason why he was such a dominant, uh, dominant player at Kutztown was because of that athleticism and the way he operated in the running game. So he was drive blocking real well, getting to the second level really well. Uh, the pass protection was okay, you know, which is fine because Kutztown realized, hey, we, we got a guy that's, that's clearing out space. And when you're that dominant on, on the left side, Teams are running weak side, which is something teams are normally not doing because most teams are right-handed. Um, so when they're running behind you as a left tackle, it says a lot about what they what they think of your ability in the, the run-blocking department. So I just saw all of those things on tape on top of the fact that he was a great athlete. And so going inside uh, with Chicago, I think they have what they need already on the roster. I know you see a lot of mocks with, with them going with Quentin Nelson, uh, possibly. Um, but I think Morgan can give them a, a little bit more athleticism than Nelson has, to be honest. Well, I think we definitely need to keep an eye on Jordan Morgan's development then, especially as we get through training camp and preseason this year. And I think there are a number of FCS guys in this year's draft that we also need to keep an eye on. So coming up next on the podcast, I'll have Emery break down all the small school prospects here that we know the Bears have met with leading up to the draft. So keep it locked here on Locked On Bears. We're here with Emery Hunt from footballgameplan.com. And Emery, I want to run through a few of the prospects here that we know the Bears have shown interest with in this pre-draft process. I want to start at wide receiver and with a player that the Bears have brought in for an official one of their top 30 visits. It's Elijah Marks from Northern Arizona. He's just under 6 feet tall, about 185 pounds. I think he ran like a 4-6-40 at his pro day, and from what I understand, he, he's a pretty prolific return man as well. I looked at your FCS wide receiver rankings, and I saw he was number five for you. But just how far behind, in your eyes, is he from some of the, I guess, better-known FCS wide receivers in this draft, like Justin Watson from Penn or even Darius Fountain from Northern Iowa? Yeah, it, w what people have to understand about my receiver rankings is that um, we rank them by position because it's tough to rank, let's say, a guy like a Justin Watson juxtaposed to Elijah Marks, even though they play the same position. Um, and I do have Watson rated very high. Watson is in my flanker rankings, fifth overall, and Elijah Marks is 15th. 
So there's the difference between those two players as far as where I have them slotted or ranked. But we do break it up by position, split in uh, flanker and slot receivers. Um, and, and when you look at Marks, Marks has some some good abilities that he brings to the table. I like how he stepped up big time uh, in the absence of Emmanuel Butler, who was going to be a pro prospect next year. He would have been one this year, but he got injured, missed the season, got that added year back. And so he'll be back with another, with probably my favorite quarterback prospect in, in a draft class in case cook is the quarterback um, of Northern Arizona. So Mark's again, stepped up big. He can play the flanker position. I think he's going to probably find a way to be a slot receiver. Um, he has speed. You could, if if you had to make a comparison or a style, I would say he's probably along the lines of a Marvin Jones, like a lanky receiver, uh, six feet, about one seventy five, a guy that can really smooth his way out of cuts and make a an athletic reception. Um, so I think he's going to have a home on the inside as a pro, and I, I like his game. Sticking with the offense here. The Bears sent some of their scouts to the pro day of Chase Edmonds, the running back from Fordham. I think he's been identified by a few different people as a sleeper in this draft. I think that makes him one of the better-known FCS prospects, but I know he's your number one FCS running back. He's had some pretty incredible production over his career. I think over his first three years, he had over 5,000 yards and 60 touchdowns, flashed a lot as a receiver out of the backfield, but then that senior year this past season, He had that left leg injury and and missed pretty much half of the year. Still went to the combine and had a pretty big performance. And I think he did some drills with the wide receivers as well and listed at 5'9", 205 pounds. Do you think he could go higher than people think, especially because of the success that an FCS running back like Tariq Cohen had last year? He should. And I'm glad you brought up his his, uh, injury this year. It was an ankle that was nagging him throughout the entire season. And the issue with that was, you know, this is a guy, had he just stayed healthy uh, this year, he would have shattered the FCS career rushing record and also broken the FBS career rushing record. So you're right, prolific runner at Fordham. Watched him actually grow uh, all four years because I cover Fordham a lot out here with the FCS kickoff that we do. And I remember his first game, and he had a touchdown run in that game against St. Francis. So, you know, this was a guy that had been on the radar won the Jerry Rice Award, was the freshman player of the year in the FCS. And I com- I compared his game to Deion Lewis. Now, people will say, okay, that's a good comp. He's a complimentary guy. But if you go back to my – that's what I love about doing video because it's timestamp and you can't edit what you say. Uh, if you go back to the videos I did back then, which was, I think, 2010, um, I gave Deion Lewis a first-round grade, compared him to a guy like Warwick Dunn, I believe. Um, so I was really high on Deion Lewis uh, because of what he was doing at Pitt. Same things I see out of Chase Edmonds, ability to make you miss, the ability to, to withstand uh, volume carries, um, and he does a great job of avo- avoiding big hits. And that's also a big thing because when you hit, let's say a guy like that's already on the roster in Jordan Howard, um, doesn't have that ability. And that's, 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 you know, it's not a negative. That's just how guys are built and guys, how their uh, athleticism is set up, you know, the prime example, I wasn't a guy that could make you miss, you know, so I had to really take on a lot of, a lot more physical contact. But when you have a guy that can make you miss like a Cohen, like a Chase Edmonds, you're going to have sustained success because you're going to avoid the big shots. You can protect yourself and you know how to, let's say situationally 
apply it when you're going to lower your shoulder or when you're going to, you know, step out of bounds. So this is a guy I believe is a feature back, and I hope the league doesn't do him a disservice by trying to make him a specialty guy, a guy that runs routes and things like that. He's more of a threat to me in the backfield that can also be utilized in a passing game as opposed to being strictly a slot receiver. Yeah, you know, the Bears have drafted a running back on the third day of the draft every year for the last four years in a row. So, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to double down on these FCS running backs, but we know if it's going to happen with anyone, Chase Edmonds seems like a pretty great candidate for sure. I'm also not sure if the Bears are willing to double down on FCS offensive linemen, but, you know, if they do, it might be Brandon Parker, the offensive tackle from North Carolina A&T. He, of course, was a teammate of Tariq Cohen's at NCANT, and I believe he is your number one FCS offensive tackle in this draft. The Bears met with him at the Combine and at the Senior Bowl, where you and I both met with him, and I remember he talked about how he's been in touch with Cohen through this pre-draft process, helping him out, and the Bears have definitely expressed a lot of interest there. Like Jordan Morgan, he was a four-year starter at left tackle, but he's obviously got much bigger size at think just over 6'7", 305 pounds. Do you think he can hold up as a left tackle in the NFL, or would he be a candidate to move inside the guard like Morgan? I think he's a tackle all day. I, I don't think he has the, uh, I don't want to say quickness, but, you know, I, I think he's more of a tackle than a guard. You know, guards kind of move a little bit more fluidly, um, and I, I don't see that with Parker. I see more technical movements, so I think he's better suited to play tackle at the next level. And you like how he got better each day at the senior bowl. I was at the celebration bowl uh, this year when he played Grambling. And again, I've made this comment while the game was going on. If it wasn't for the quarterback, uh, Lamar Renard of um, North Carolina A&T, Parker was the MVP of that game because he really was holding it down on the left side in the running game. They started running behind him. He sprung a nice 60-yard touchdown run, sprung another touchdown run inside the red zone. Um, so I, I thought he played well. And you saw him in the senior bowl, really was able to absorb and then redirect defenders uh, coming off the edge. So I think he's a very good tackle prospect. It doesn't matter if you're going to put him on the left side or the right side. Yeah, if he ends up in Chicago, it's probably going to be on the right side just because they're so locked into Charles Leno right now at the left tackle position. Just gave him a big contract extension last year. And obviously, right tackle is just the bigger need with Bobby Massey. Coming up on the podcast, we'll look at some FCS prospects that could fill Bears' needs on defense, particularly at linebacker and defensive line. This is really the quality of Bears' NFL draft analysis you can only get on Locked On Bears. We're talking FCS NFL draft sleepers here with Emery Hunt from footballgameplan.com. Emery, let's move to the defensive side of the ball here. We know the Bears have shown interest in a pair of linebackers that have shown some versatility at their respective programs. One is Darius Leonard from South Carolina State, who I believe the Bears have brought in for a private visit. And the other is Matt Oplinger from Yale. I think the Bears were at his pro day. Both of these guys have shown an ability to get after the quarterback. Both of them can play in sort of that off-the-ball linebacker-type role. I believe Leonard is your number one FCS outside linebacker in this draft, and Matt Oplinger is down at number five for you. 
How far apart are these two guys in your eyes in terms of evaluation? And I guess, where do you see them really fitting in in NFL defenses? They're far apart because, uh, for me, when I look at Darius Leonard, um, yes, he's an outside linebacker in a standard 4-3, but for the Bears, he'd be the ideal inside backer. He's what you would call the new age inside backer, athletic guy that can cover good instincts, um, can can hold his own in man coverage, not afraid to, to really stack and shed versus the run. Um, so I see him playing inside. Opplinger, I think, is more of an outside guy, but I can also envision him being an inside player in a 3-4 because I don't think he has the burst or the explosiveness to really hold his own as a 3-4 edge rusher. Um, so both guys, to me, would be perfect inside backers. One is a right inside backer, one is a left inside backer. I think that's probably why they're bringing them in. Um I like what Chicago already has on the edge. Another it's so funny. This this is again, this is why I love doing video, because you can always go back and look at what you said then and it makes sense. The guy that's on the roster now, I had slightly graded maybe a couple of points ahead of um Ryan Shazier of Ohio State, and that's Howard Jones when he came out of Shepherd. Explosive athlete coming off the edge, tremendous uh point of attack player. You know, he got he logged some a lot of minutes last year for Chicago. Um, and he's a guy that's that's penciled in right now as a backup. But I think he's going to be in the mix to, to, you know, have some more minutes this year for Chicago. So I think both those guys, to me, are inside backers uh, at the next level in a, in a three, four defense. Now, if you want to transition to a four three, Leonard would be a good sand backer as well as Opplinger. I don't think Opplinger has, um, you know, the burst or the the acceleration to be a good weak side backer, like a, let's say a, a Malik Jefferson of Texas would be in a 4-3 defense. One last sleeper in this draft I want to ask you about before I let you go. It's not a guy that the Bears have met with officially, and I guess it's not even technically an FCS player. It's Nathan Shepard from Division Two Fort Hayes State. I know he played a lot of nose tackle at Fort Hayes State, and he's just under 6'4", 315 pounds. I've seen him projected as high as maybe the second round in this draft. Where would you see his best fit in the NFL as far as what technique on the defensive line? And how would you best utilize his skill set? Because of his technique, I think he can play any one of the techniques up front. You know, I think he's very good as far as being scheme diverse. He's versatile. His his hands are active. So I could see him as a five tech, a four eye, a nose tackle, um, a shade, a three tech. He could play it all. You know, so I think he can be a scheme diverse guy and would also fill a need because now a guy that I like last year, um, and Rashad Coward, they're moving to offense. I hate when they do that because yeah, guard. Yeah, so Coward is a really good player, man, and it's a shame they're gonna move him to guard when he can play uh defensive line for Chicago. But if if they replace him with a guy like Shepard, they not only boost the athleticism, but they also boost the versatility up front because of what I mentioned about how he's able to use his hands and he's active, he's consistent. He can also two-gap if you need him to. He can explode upfield in a one-gap penetrations uh, situation if you want him to to do that. So I, I like him as a prospect. He's an older prospect, so that's why his film looks the way it does. Uh, but you like his, his ability to do more, which will make him much more valuable as a prospect. Before I let you go, Tell us a little bit more about footballgameplan.com, what it is you guys try and do there, and really what separates you from the other football websites out there. Sure. Well, uh, football game plan is the, you know, we like to call it the one-stop shop for the football fan. And when we say 
our, our slogan is where football makes sense. What we're saying is, you know, we're just giving you unbiased, no slanted coverage of football, whether that's the NFL, college football, Canadian football, draft prospects, women's tackle football, arena, it doesn't matter. Um, we watch it. We evaluate it. We give our takes. Um, and it's not shrouded in emotion or anything like that. If if we, again, if we think Tariq Cohen is one of the top five backs in the draft, we're going to say Tariq Cohen is one of the top five backs in the draft. So we just try to provide some balance to the game that's out there right now. And, you know, and, and that's our our spiel. That's our, our deal. We've done that since 2007. You know, so we're, we're approaching 11 years uh, in August, and we're excited about what we got coming down the pipe. Well, I was excited about having you on the podcast, and clearly we could hear that 11 years of experience behind all your answers. No one knows these FCS prospects like you do, and I absolutely had to get you on the podcast to break down some of these guys that we know the Bears have been interested in. Emery, Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. It was an absolute pleasure. Anytime, Lauren. Appreciate you having me on. Well, thanks again to Emery Hunt for joining us on today's podcast. I hope at some point there you took out a pen and paper and and started writing down some of the names he was going through. Because like I said at the top, Emery knows his stuff. He knows these small school prospects. Just because you've never heard of them doesn't mean they can't be great prospects. And clearly, they're potential NFL draft targets for the Chicago Bears, so that's why we talked about him. That's why we broke it down. And that's why I had Emery Hunt on to provide that level of analysis. If you enjoyed our conversation and you want to hear more podcasts like this one, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever app it is you prefer to use. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, you name it. Locked on Bears is there. We're also all over social media. You can like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnBears. You can also follow me personally on Twitter at CoxSports1. More Chicago Bears and NFL Draft talk to be had there as well. And there's more NFL Draft and Chicago Bears talk to be had on this podcast. Later this week, we're going to get you all set for the NFL Draft. And then when the draft comes around... We'll be breaking it down every single night with a fresh podcast coming to your ears the next morning. We'll break down their first round pick, their second round pick, any big trades, you name it. Locked on Bears is your podcast destination for Chicago Bears and NFL draft analysis. Hope you'll keep it locked this draft season on Locked on Bears and stick with us even beyond. We'll have a whole off season of content ready for you and a whole off season of reasons to bear down. Bear down.